Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research Incorporated, a broker-dealer, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Cambridge and ClearVista Financial are not affiliated. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Welcome, everyone, to the Spend Life Well Show, where we discuss and apply biblical wisdom to your financial journey. I'm your host, certified Kingdom Advisor Mark Trice, and with me today in the studio is my fellow co-host and financial advisor, Jesse Hamilton. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Jesse, we're getting all geared up, ready for Christmas and the holiday season going now. By now, um, every radio station in the country is playing Christmas music. And we will soon forget that Walmart had their Christmas stuff up in September, right? Right. Because there's nothing left. But today we're going to be talking about six reasons for giving. And the basis of our conversation today comes from the uh, great book, Leverage, Using Temporal Wealth for Eternal Game. This is written by Kenneth Boa and Russ Cresson. Everyone in our office is working through this book, and, and we've been working. We think it's something that uh, would make a great gift for clients. I'll tell you that. You it know? would. It, it really is a perspective-changing book. Uh, it, it talks about so many ways that we can make an impact now, and it's really special to, to think about. I'm excited to share it with the listeners. Yeah, and so if you have not picked up a copy of Leverage, I encourage you to do so. It is um, it is a an e- fairly easy read yes, actually it is, it is it because is. a lot a lot of things that Dr. Boa does are really intellectual and stuff and they've done a great job of, of uh, making this in a written in a language that's easy to understand mm-hmm. and I think uh, you'll appreciate it as well. So one of the things that talk about in the book is God's greatest desire for us is to give ourselves wholly and unreservedly to Him. Yes. Yeah. And. And a, and a way that we can express that is how we use, manage our possessions here on earth and how they're used for his kingdom. Right. That's the whole idea of, of leverage is that we take what we have now and we use it to make an impact that will last for eternity. Right. And we're talking about really uh, spiritually led generosity. It helps us define who we are, mm-hmm. right? And it's, it's really focused less on our earthly portfolio, but planting those seeds. So the, the, the gist of the book really is, why are you hanging on to your wealth so that you can give it away when you're gone? Why not do yeah. it now or do it in a systematic way? And this is one of the things that we love talking to our clients about, and that's giving and generosity and things. Uh, but the first point, or one of the first of the six reasons is, Giving is a tangible way for us to acknowledge who ultimately owns our stuff. Right. And who provided it to us. And who provided it to us and that sovereignty that God has in our lives. And there's a number of different verses and things that, that deal with that. But, you know, that goes back. I'm, I'm one of the ones we talked about on the show before, Psalm 24.1, about who owns it all. And there's lots of different things. You know, we're so narrow-minded to think that we own the things that we have, our money, and our possessions, uh, we we talk about how God owns it all, and God doesn't need us to give, right? No, he no. already He already owns it, but He invites us to participate. That's right, and through through the way, the act of giving, right? And so when we do that, we're expressing our trust in His provision. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the conversations that it, that my wife and I are having is about 
how do we increase our giving? And it always goes back to is like, well, is there going to be enough? And we we put that trust in what's in our bank account right. or what we know is coming in. And it's important for you to be prudent, but it's also important, I think, for allowing God to work in our lives. Yes, we see that a lot. And the the conservative, prudent financial thought can start to overwhelm your ability to actually do something with your money. And there's some great examples of how God provides, you know, with the Israelites wandering through right. the wilderness, and that demonstrates that faithfulness of God, Deuteronomy 8, 11 through 19, um, basically talks about just trying to be be careful not to forget the Lord our God and, and failing to observe His commands, His laws, His decrees. And so, otherwise, we just might feel like what we did was just because we went out and hunted it and gathered it or mm-hmm. earned a paycheck and things of that nature. So Deuteronomy 8 is a, a good example. We also talked about Psalm 24.1, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Um, lots of different other verses in, in First and Second Corinthians, um, you know, and the, the things there that are important to remind us that really who owns it all. Right. The second reason for giving really is so that we can show honor and obedience to God in our giving because God commands us to give. He does command us to give, and uh, actually doing it allows us to act upon what we believe. And we don't just say we believe it, we actually do it. We have these dollars in our possession, and we're going to use them the way God asks us to. And I, and I think a lot of that goes down to with how do you do your budget and things like that, because yeah. a lot of people are generous if there's anything left over at the mm-hmm. end of the month, right? And yeah. but, but but when we plan to give generously up front and be deliberate about that, we're putting our faith into action. Yeah, so those of you who, who like big theology words, there's theocentric, which is God-centered, and egocentric, which is self-centered, and these are against each other in what we believe, right? Every day. Right, and the gospel provides a lot of warnings about that, about being that self-centered Mm-hmm. versus kingdom-driven yes. uh, when it comes to our wealth management. I was thinking, uh, you know, it's a verse that's on our wall in our, in our offices, Jesse, Matthew 6, 19 through 21. Yes. Which says, Do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but to store up treasures for yourself in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where, this is the main part this of the verse. This is it right here, yeah. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So a good one. And, and, you know, there's other examples, too. Um, you know, in Matthew 25, uh, where it talks about, um, you know, giving there as well. You know, there's examples in Luke 6. Uh, Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Will be poured into your lap for... For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. That's in Luke 6. And then uh, other other uh, verses as well throughout the New Testament. And so it really, you know, we talk about the different examples of, you know, the, the parable of the young rich ruler who was going to build up more uh, barns and things like that and, and ended up dying the next day. It's really just foolish for us to store up treasures on earth. Now, I think it's prudent for us to save for goals and things because Absolutely, yeah. otherwise we'd, we would be foolish for not doing that. But, you know, our time here on earth is uncertain, right? And we don't know how long it's going to last. We, it could be today, it could be 50 years from now. But by contrast, 
contrast, treasure in heaven is an inheritance. It is. And it, we it already, won't spoil. I it, mean, it won't go bad. It won't spoil, and it lasts forever, and we already have it. Yeah, and so 1 Peter 1, 4, we're going through this, uh, 1 Peter in our church right now. When we value God, we will obey Him and honor Him with our financial resources, giving up earthly gain for our eternal inheritance in Christ, even at greater material cost to ourselves. Um, actually, that wasn't the verse, but that was the, that was a quote I was reading from um, the the book that we're referencing uh-huh. here. So, anyway, so God is the third point is and the reason to give. Giving is a tangible way to worship yes. and show gratitude to God. So, giving is a form of worship. I think we get kind of stuck into what worship is. But the, the commitment and consecration of ourselves to God is worship through what we do. And giving generously can absolutely be that. I think I've, I've shared with listeners before uh, about how my attitude towards giving changed uh, many, many years ago when I was dirt poor. And we were concerned. We, want, we, t- we were talking about tithing, right? Okay. And, and we were wanting to tithe just si- simply by a mere fact of obedience, that that's what Scripture had said for us to do. But we only had $42 the last two weeks, and we hadn't gone to the grocery store yet, right? And I've shared the story about how God provided in those situations. But over the years, my view towards giving and my wife's view towards giving has been more, it's more of an act of worship. It's not mm-hmm. of ob- obedience, which is where we start. But as you continue to give, it's more of an act of worship for yourself. So, right. You know, there's a story in Mark 14 where uh, the woman in Bethany, um, she visits the home of Simon the leper, and there's the alabaster jar of the really expensive perfume. Yeah, I remember this, yeah. And she she actually pours it on his head. And people say, why would you waste this? You could sell it and feed other people, give it to the poor. And of course, they rebuked her and... Jesus said, leave her alone. Yep. Why are you bothering her? Uh-huh. She's done a beautiful thing. And what did he later say? He said, the poor will always have, you will always have the poor with you, mm-hmm. but you won't always have me. Um, so she did what she could. She poured perfume on, on Jesus' body beforehand to prepare him for burial. Yeah. Even that, though it hadn't really, that hadn't come yet, but it was soon. It, yeah, it was coming, and that was her act of worship. It was It was a holy moment for her to show her affection. Yeah. Now, our fourth uh, reason for giving is what, Jesse? It breaks the power of money and helps us prioritize the issues of life. And I love this point. It's probably my favorite of all the six points. Jump into it. Um, Because money is extremely powerful, powerful in our lives. We we every day we feel how powerful it is we feel amazing when we have it we feel horrible when we feel like we don't have enough and our lives are completely consumed by it and so giving breaks that power and 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 for a lot of folks you know the size of their bank account is their self-worth yes it is and it's not so so giving in this way that breaks that bond there or really not a bond i mean a um a bonded in the terms of bondage, yes, if you will, being tied down because our belief in that money will solve all our problems and things. Mm-hmm. So um, Proverbs eighteen ten through eleven, the name of the Lord is a fortified tower; the righteous run to it and are safe. The wealth of the rich is their fortified city, but they 
imagine it at a wall too high to scale, and then we know what happens at that point. Yes. So uh, Mark 10, 17 through 31, really is the story about um, the person that uh, asked the question, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And, and of course, Jesus, you know, turns it around on him and says, why do you call me good? (laughs) (laughs) He always does that. No one is good except God alone. Of course, he was God. Um, And he reads all the commandments. Right. You know the commandments. You know, murder, steal, commit adultery, all the commandments. And the the young, rich person said, teacher, I've I've kept all these since he was a boy. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and the scripture says, Jesus looked at him and loved him, and he says, one thing you lack, go sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, then come and follow me. Jesus knew that the one thing that was keeping him from having a relationship with Jesus was his stuff. Right. Right. And of course, the next thing in the story is that his face sowed, showed sadness, and he went away feeling bad because he had great wealth and he was unwilling to give it up. Yeah. And Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Doesn't mean that you you can't go to heaven if you're rich. Right. It just means how you allow money to impact you or have control over you is going to be, is that a barrier for you and your relationship with God? Mm-hmm. And for a lot of people, it certainly is. And I can't say that I'm not guilty of that myself. Absolutely. Same same here with me. And I just love, you know, back to the, the idea of point four. When you give, you are breaking that power. You're literally smashing that power so that it doesn't, it has less power over you. Yeah. Now, the fifth reason uh, why or it's a good reason to give is that charitable giving is done to meet the needs of others. Yes. And, and that's have, very clear in Scripture where it talks about we are to help meet the needs of others. You don't have to look far to find somebody who is in need, unfortunately. I know it's in our town and other big cities around the country. It's really not hard to find people who are, are really struggling. And script, Scripture is full of examples yes. where we're told to command. And I, I'm thinking of some of the early churches in Corinth and Philippi where they cared for each other's needs. They, a lot of people sold their possessions and just be able to use them to go give to the others and support each other in the church. Mm-hmm. Really phenomenal examples in Scripture. If you're interested in reading some of those in, in the New Testament, 2 Corinthians 9, 12 through 14, and the Philippians 4, 16 right. are great examples here. We'll just read um, read about a couple of those. Um, Philippians 4, 16, for even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. It's talking about the church providing for the needs of Paul right. and uh, really a great act of generosity. And so the final reason that we can provide to give, and once again, this is from um, Ken Boa and Russ Crescent's book, Leverage. I highly encourage you. What a great gift. Yes. Right? If you great haven't gift. got someone a gift, get them this book. I don't even know how much it is. It's not more than 10 or 15 bucks. You should get a copy of this for the members of your family and stuff. Um, but, you know, it's it's really important. The sixth point is we draw spiritual rewards from the act of giving. Now, this is much different than the TV evangelist that says, if you'll send in $10 to the church, 
you will be rewarded with all sorts of prosperity. Right. right? Ten, this is $10, not prosperity theology. $10 here does not equal $10 in heaven. That's right. But this is about receiving the rewards for our faithfulness. Yes. Right? And th- this is not a part of our salvation. That's through grace, uh, by through faith uh, alone, and not because of anything we do, but we do get spiritual rewards when we give, right? right. It's kind of a complicated idea, but... We don't mean for it to be. <laughs> it's not meant to not meant to be uh, prosperity theology. So 1 Corinthians 3:11, no one can lay a foundation other than which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Right. But we're still called to build on that foundation, right? Mm-hmm. Through giving. And so I think there's a lot of different reasons why you can reap that, those spiritual rewards. Sometimes that may come back in the form of a financial need that's provided for you, but a lot of times it's just from the mere fact of the joy of giving and serving others, both with our time, talent, and treasure. So I think, you know, those are six great reasons to give. encourage you to pick up a copy of Leverage. For Uh, our video listeners, here's the cover if you're interested. Make sure we get that on the camera. Uh, We might be able to put a a link to that book on Amazon or something like that uh, for that. So folks, until next time, you've been listening to the Spend Life Well Show. Have a blessed, blessed week and holiday season.